Hello, everyone. My name is Matthew MacDonald, and you are listening to Poetry in an Emergency, a podcast about poetry and art and the vital role they play in our lives. W.H. Auden is one of my favorite modern poets, and I would like to begin by thanking his estate for recently granting me permission to share several of his poems with you on this podcast. In André Turpin's film Endorphine, which is a trippy exploration of our experience of both trauma and time, a major character who is a quantum physicist remarks that our awareness of our impending death is what may give our perception of time its appearance of linearity and finality. But, she asks us to imagine, how would we relate to time differently if we knew ours was but one possible experience or perception of it? For example, how might we conceive of causality, cause and effect, differently? As she points out in the movie, and I'm deliberately not revealing this character's name because it would spoil a good part of the experience of watching the film, our perception of motion when watching a movie is due to the fact that the human eye can only process information so quickly, and if a series of still images are shown in fast enough succession, our eyes will perceive them as a single moving image. A fly's eyes process information more quickly, she says, with the result that a fly would likely not perceive a movie as a single moving image, but as the series of still images it actually is. What if time is similar, she wonders? What if what we think of as past, present, and future are merely our human projections on a reality that is vastly more complicated or simply experienced differently for any number of different reasons. For example, in the movie, one of the characters undergoes hypnotherapy, and the film suggests that this allows her to experience time differently and thus process her trauma in a completely different way than what other linear, time-bound therapies may allow. In his novel The Plague, which I suspect is enjoying greater readership as a result of the current pandemic, Albert Camus discusses how the uncertainty attendant with living in quarantine through an epidemic or pandemic forces us to confront the present, because that is all there is. This can be uncomfortable because, while it seems at once that time stands still, we lose track of what day it is and perhaps don't even care, we are also acutely aware that some kind of future awaits. We just don't know what it looks like or when that will be revealed to us. Time is one of the perennial themes that W.H. Auden deals with in his poetry. Often it seems to be a concern with the incessant, almost cold, uncaring march of time. But at other times, we glimpse a suggestion of an ability to stop time, or perhaps more accurately, to simply feel more deeply, or, in a different way, feel that our perception of time consciously changes. In his poem, As I Walked Out One Evening, time itself is a character, and a rather unfeeling one at that. It is written as a highly accessible ballad and expresses a truth I think most people, most of the time, accept. That you cannot conquer time. Also, I believe it contains some of the most heartbreakingly poignant imagery of any of his poems. This is As I Walked Out One Evening by W. H. Auden. As I Walked Out One Evening Walking down Bristol Street, the crowds upon the pavement were fields of harvest wheat. And down by the brimming river I heard a lover sing, under an arch of the railway, 
Love has no ending. I'll love you, dear. I'll love you till China and Africa meet, and the river jumps over the mountain, and the salmon sing in the street. I'll love you till the ocean is folded and hung up to dry, and the seven stars go squawking like geese about the sky. The years shall run like rabbits, for in my arms I hold the flower of the ages and the first love of the world. But all the clocks in the city began to whirr and chime. Oh, let not time deceive you! You cannot conquer time. In the burrows of the nightmare, where justice naked is, time watches from the shadow, and coughs when you would kiss. In headaches and in worry, vaguely life leaks away, and time will have his fancy, tomorrow or today. Into many a green valley drifts the appalling snow. Time breaks the threaded dances and the diver's brilliant bow. Oh, plunge your hands in water, plunge them in up to the wrist. Stare, stare in the basin, and wonder what you've missed. The glacier knocks in the cupboard, the desert sighs in the bed. And the crack in the teacup opens, a lane to the land of the dead, where the beggars raffle the banknotes, and the giant is enchanting to Jack, and the lily-white boy is a roarer, and Jill goes down on her back. Oh, look, look in the mirror, oh, look in your distress. Life remains a blessing, although you cannot bless. Oh, stand, stand at the window, as the tears scald and start. You shall love your crooked neighbor, with your crooked heart. It was late, late in the evening. The lovers, they were gone. The clocks had ceased their chiming, and the deep river ran on. This poem really hits me when it gets to the part where it says, "Oh, plunge your hands in water, plunge them in up to the wrist, stare, stare in the basin, and wonder what you've missed." This resonates strongly with me. I can imagine standing in front of a sink, plunging my hands into a sink. And staring into the water, or perhaps staring up at the mirror, and wondering where my life has gone, how I ended up here, where I might otherwise be, or how I might otherwise feel, had I made different decisions. But that is gone now. Time. Or, when he says, "Stand at the window." As the tears scald and start, I have felt tears that have scalded me, as I imagine most of you have. I find that many of Auden's poems help anchor me; they express so perfectly, so poetically, some of the feeling of the most ordinary things of life. His poem "Objects" makes plain the way the literal things, the objects in our lives, help us. 
in what I think is an almost surprisingly thought-provoking way. In it, there is also an almost startling suggestion of how objects can help us transcend the material world. In this way, and also owing to some stylistic similarities I'll discuss in a moment, I think this poem can be considered a cousin to his poem The Composer, which I read in the first episode of this podcast. This is Objects by W. H. Auden. All that which lies outside our sort of why, those wordless creatures who are there as well, remote from morning, yet in sight and cry, make time more golden than we meant to tell. Tearless, their surfaces appear as deep as any longing we believe we had. If shapes can so to their own edges keep, no separation proves a being bad. There is less grief than wonder on the whole, even at sunset, though of course we care each time the same old shadow falls across. One person who is not, somewhere, a soul, light in her bestial substance, well aware, extols the silence of how soon a loss. Objects help us remember. They can help stop time. They embody memories. They remind us of who we used to be. These are some of the things that I get out of this poem. I especially like the line where he says, Make time more golden than we meant to tell. I believe here he's talking about objects, special objects, and the idea that they recall particular times and they color our experience of those times. Tearless, their surfaces appear as deep as any longing we believe we had. I see a a connection between his poem, The Composer, here, in the line, If shapes can so to their own edges keep, no separation proves a being bad. In his poem, The Composer, in the final stanza, he says, You alone, referring to either a musical composer, a musician, or perhaps a song itself. You alone, alone, imaginary song, are unable to say an existence is wrong and pour out your forgiveness like a wine. When I read the second stanza of his poem, Objects, where he says, If shapes can so to their own edges keep, no separation proves a being bad. I was reminded of that line from his poem, The Composer. I'm not sure if that was a conscious thing, but for me, I saw a connection. Time is a mysterious thing. We don't really seem to know what it is, and every one of us experiences it differently at different times, if you will. It's almost as if we lack the vocabulary to discuss it. I think that's one of the reasons that poetry is such a valuable, such an important art form. It uses our everyday language, but in an artful way, uh, a way that is not bound to literalism 
or simply reporting the facts. And it goes beyond prose and the artful description of a scene and the telling of a story. And for me, that's one of the things that makes poetry so powerful is its ability to help us feel. And I know for me, in this rather difficult time of social isolation and uncertainty, I have found comfort and grounding in poetry, and especially in the poetry of W.H. Auden. So, thank you for listening, and I look forward to sharing more of his poems with you in future episodes.